Here's something you can put in your pipe and smoke today. Did you know the U.S. population is only 4.23% of the Earth's population? That's it. Less than 95%. And the United States makes up only 1.87%. That's 1.87% of the Earth's surface. So keeping this in mind, if we were 100% emissions-free, what kind of a dent do you think we're making with climate change? Think about it. It is Monday, January 29th, 2024, and this is the Radio Espionage Underground podcast from Los Angeles. It's raw, unedited, and unfiltered. My name is Mark Elliott, and uh, have been for quite some time now. Yeah, I was thinking over the weekend, when is the last time I did something solo? And I'm going back to 2007. I filled in for a week on a political talk show by myself doing three hours a day. That's the last time I have done a solo broadcast or a podcast solo. So this is uh, the inaugural Radio Espionage Underground podcast. First time I've done something solo in almost 17 years. Okay, I probably should have been sedated for this one. (laughs) But we got a lot of stuff planned out today. Let's get into today's espionage. All right. Uh, If your team is playing in the Super Bowl... Kansas City or San Francisco, don't be an idiot, and I'll explain why. Uh, Gen Z is killing me, and uh, thank God, uh, if we're not one of them, we should be happy about that. Uh, I've got some exciting rock news I'm going to share with you. We're going to get those air guitars tuned up real good today. And finally, I have a couple of things I need to get off my chest about politics, and uh, I'll never mention it again, I promise. We'll never mention it again. Uh, but I got to get it off my chest because I know today people like to size people up and say, is he on my side or the other side? And uh, homie, don't play that. So we'll get into that coming up here on the Radio Espionage Underground podcast. I am going to start these podcasts for a while, doing shout outs to people I've worked with in the past. Uh, I'm not the greatest at staying in touch with folks, so I'll do it through the podcast here. Uh, I'm going to go all the way back to when I first started and do shout-outs to a couple of guys who were like big brothers to me. They took me under their wing and always encouraged me, never discouraged me. And a lot of that went on in my early part of my career where people would just discourage you from getting into the media and broadcasting. But shout-outs to uh, Gene Stabil, Greg McCullough, and Lee Connor and Ed Warren also. Those guys uh, really, really shaped me up and inspired me to do this for a living. And it's been good. It's been a great career. And we're going to continue being a freelance, independent media person. And I'm going to answer Chad in Beaumont, Texas, wanted to know, uh, why am I doing a podcast and not radio? Well, a couple of reasons, Chad and everybody. Uh, Number one uh, would probably require me leaving Southern California. That's not happening. You've heard the statement, I love L.A., that's me. (laughs) I'm the poster child for, I love L.A., So that's not going to happen. The other part of it is, too, um, you know, when you've had a long career in this business, uh, people don't like somebody who is um, opinionated. This is such a get-along-to-go-along type business. It's who you know. And uh, it's just not for me, to be quite honest with you, at this point in my career. I like the idea of a podcast because it's complete creative freedom. That's really it. Not moving, not dealing with full-time jobs in radio, which can be you know, very tiresome, believe me. And then the creative freedom of doing a podcast. Uh, you know, I can drop an F-bomb, not have to worry about it. 
okay? I don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to drop them just to drop them. But if I slip, I don't have to stop and be worried about the FCC coming to take me off to off the jail, find me, all of that good stuff. So anyway, Chad, I hope that answers your question. All right, it's Super Bowl time, two weeks away. Kansas City and San Francisco, it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. I was rooting for, I wanted San Francisco to win, but I wouldn't be disappointed if it was Detroit. I thought Baltimore was a shoe-in. I really did. I didn't even consider the fact that Kansas City would beat them. But here we go again, Kansas City and San Francisco. Uh, am I disappointed? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not disappointed that I know that the whole Taylor Swift entourage is rolling into Vegas. It's not about that. As a Raiders fan, I don't want to see Kansas City win a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I don't want to see Kansas City win anything. <laughs> so that's what I'm dealing with. Uh, but it should be a good game. Um, I'm really shocked that Kansas City, earlier on this year, I said, nah, Kansas City's not going to make it. They're 9-6. and six. They seem to be struggling. I don't think they have the weapons. But somehow, you get into the playoffs, and Pat Mahomes, to his credit, he gets the job done. And uh, I think that kind of gives Kansas City the edge in this Super Bowl. I know San Francisco is favored by three out of the gate. We'll see how that uh, changes leading up to game time. But Mahomes just finds a way to win. Uh, regardless of how much talent he has to work with. It's one game, it's four quarters, and, um, and you, just, you just can't count him out. So I'm going to give the edge to the Chiefs, and it pains me to say that being a Raiders fan. And I'm not rooting for the Chiefs at all. I want San Francisco to tank them really good. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Kansas City, I give them the edge right now. Uh, you know, we don't have... Um, any kind of entertainment next Sunday. We have the Pro Bowl, which is not entertaining at all anymore. Uh, so I thought, geez, you know, it came to mind what Jim Valvano said 30 years ago on ESPN when he said, every day we should laugh. Every day we should be brought to tears. We should feel emotion. And we should spend some time and thought. So I'm going to give you three movies that I think there's a lot of great football movies to start with, but I've narrowed it down to three that will do just that for you. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you will spend some time in thought. Movie number one, North Dallas 40. This is a movie that's loosely based on the 70s Dallas Cowboys when Tom Landry was coached. Uh, Pete Gent played for them, and he wrote the book based on his experience playing with the Cowboys. So the movie is loosely based on that. And it's a very funny movie with Nick Nolte and Mac Davis. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, movie number two, Varsity Blues. Anything with a whipped cream bikini and a puke and rally, I can get behind that. <laughs> so those movies will make you laugh. The one that'll make you cry and spend some time and thought. It was a made-for-TV movie in 1971. It's Brian's Song with James Caan and Billy D. Williams. Uh, what an emotional movie. Uh, great movie. Uh, I wish th they did do a remake of it. Not a very good one. So that's why you want to watch the original Brian song. But guaranteed that you'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll spend some time in thought. Now, Super Bowl always brings up, you know, right now we're dealing with 49ers and Chiefs fans. And here's one thing that's going to happen on Monday. The team that loses, you're going to see that team's fans punching their TVs out, ripping them out of the wall, throwing them across the room, out windows, burning jerseys, just pissed off that their team lost. And here's what you have to keep in mind, okay? Every year, 
there are 31 teams and their fan base who are disappointed. There's only one team where the fans are ecstatic, just one. And I've never understood this deal where, you know, I'm going to rip down my TV, I'm going to throw it out and cause myself financial harm by doing that. And maybe physical harm too, but, um, you know, as a Raiders fan, believe me, I felt the pain. I know what it's like to be disappointed every year, year in and year out. Uh, even if they made it to the playoffs, I'm probably going to end up disappointed because 31 teams don't. But here's what you have to consider. Do you know what fans are to a team? The word is fans, but really what we are, customers. We buy tickets, we buy the hats, we buy the jerseys. We sit back and watch the games on TV to see the sponsors who pay for the games. That's what we are. If we go away, another fan will be born same day. It doesn't matter. And as much as we like to think we have uh, input to player personnel because we tweet or X or uh, go on Facebook, make videos, we don't. Nobody knows what's going inside the locker room or inside the offices more than the team itself. Uh, it's fun. I do the same thing. I like to go on X. And you can do that, x.com slash Radio Espionage U. That's the letter U, Radio Espionage U. Uh, you can follow us there, and we'll have a conversation all week long about all kinds of stuff. Not just sports, but a lot of different things. But keep that in mind. You're just a customer. And when you throw your TV out the window, you're probably out about a grand or a little more, maybe a little bit less. And think about having to buy a lesser model TV because you don't have the bucks to buy the one you just broke. So chill out. Watch the game. If your team loses, go out on the patio, go out in the front yard, and at the top of your lungs, let it go. But don't hurt the TV. It's not the TV's fault, okay? Gen Z, this generation fascinates me. Every time I read something about Gen Z, I end up shaking my head. And, you know, because the generation I grew up in, completely different, completely different in so many ways. Gen Z is really the first generation who has grown up with a smartphone. And when I read this stat, and I think it'll startle you as well, only 25% of Gen Zers want to get their driver's license when they turn 16. 75% just want to hang out tapping their phone. That's what they want to do. And that floors me. I don't know if you're shocked by this or not, because I remember when I was 14, I started doing odd jobs just to save money so I could buy a car when I turned 16. I didn't want to be holding to getting a ride from my parents or friends or anything like that, because getting your driver's license at 16 meant freedom. And I don't understand why this generation doesn't want that freedom, why they just want to sit around and play on their computer. Computers are fun. I get it. I do it myself now. But I will tell you, when you get to be middle-aged and you look back on your high school years and you spend it in the corner tapping on a computer keyboard or a phone, you're going to wish that you would have asked uh, the girl that you had a crush on out on a date. You might have enjoyed going out to the lake, going to a concert, a movie, or to the mall, whatever it is. Those are all the things we did. We couldn't wait. When you were 16 and you went to the DMV to get your driver's license, that day you saw what classmates shared your birthday because we wanted that freedom to go hang out. And I asked, why is this? And then it occurred to me, it's the parents. It's the parents who don't want to worry about buying another car paying for the insurance. And above all, we know what we did when we went out, when we had that freedom. 
right? We had fun when we, we went out in our cars driving around. We did all kinds of unspeakable things. Parents don't want to worry about that today. They can put it off till they're 18. That experience at 16, those years in high school are such a small part of your life, but they have such a major impact, especially the first 10, 15 years afterwards. You'll probably never go to a class reunion uh, thanks to Facebook, but uh, we used to have those every five to 10 years, and those were fun, but you generally don't go past the 20th. Uh, you know, once the wrinkles and the hair starts to change and you start to put on a few pounds, eh, you stop going to those class reunions. Uh, but it's always a class reunion on Facebook. But Gen Zers, uh, what a generation. We got some new rock albums coming out. Uh, last year, we had great albums from Metallica, Foo Fighters, Godsmack, uh, just to name a few. And it was interesting to me how those albums didn't really move the needle on rock stations. Uh, here in the United States. Um, it seems like rock has a bigger audience abroad, not here in the U.S. Uh, but there are a couple of good ones coming out, and I like to listen to new music, and I'm a little embarrassed by this one because when it came out, I said, eh, nine times out of ten when a guy leaves a band and does something solo, uh, it's disappointing. I can give you tons of examples of this. David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen. A uh, couple of good solo albums, but never met the uh, success that Van Halen had together as a, as a team. But Mick Mars, the axe man from Motley Crue, has a new album out. It's called The Other Side of Mars. There are three tracks that you can download now, Loyal to, to the Lie, Undone, and Right Side of Wrong. Uh, those are available now. The album is due out on February 23rd. But I'm telling you, Mick rocks. He's 72 years old. That probably added to it. I thought, eh, what, is, what does Mick really have left in the tank, you know? So I uh, waited on this for about a month before I decided to uh, check it out. When I did, I was blown away by it. Absolutely blown away. Um, you know, he's a great riff master, number one. But the songs are actually a little heavier than Motley Crue. I mean, there's some anger <laughs> in these songs. So if you like angry rock, you'll love it. On the other side, uh, this band's very near and dear to my heart. I love this band. The Black Crows, uh, the Robinson Brothers, Chris and Rich. Uh, have a new album due out called The Happiness Bastards. How can you love the title to start with? Uh, Wanting and Waiting is a single that's out right now. And if the album is anything like this single, it's going to be a great album. And it's good to hear Chris back uh, behind the microphone. I just have always loved the way that he phrases when he sings. He takes me back to Humble Pie and Steve Marriott and uh, Peter French when he was singing on Oat and Sweaty with Cactus back in 72. Great, great albums coming out. So you got to be looking for those. Um, and you, like I said, you can download those tunes now and listen to them, kind of get a sense for how this album's going to roll out. All right, let's get into what's been on my, on my mind, and I need to get it off my chest. Uh, me and politics, where do I stand? Uh, it just seems today everybody wants to size people up where they are politically. You know, are you a Democrat, are you a Republican, or, or, or are you an independent? You know, to me, the independent party is made up of people who don't want to admit what party they're from. So you really don't know. They're basically saying, I'm not going to tell you who I represent, but when I go in the voting booth, that's when I'm going to make it count. I don't believe in party affiliations. I gave that up a long time ago because I want to think for myself. I don't want to react to other people's emotions or their agendas. So my feeling is I'm going to do the research on the candidates. I'm going to make my own mind up, and I'm going to vote my conscience because I always want the best person for the job. That's all I care about. 
I did that as when I run radio stations. I just looked for the best person for the job, the best person for the job that I could afford, who I thought was going to get the job done. That's what you want in the number one guy as president of the United States, at least to me. That's where I stand. So I am not affiliated with any party. So however that, you know, turns out in your mind, you can put me in whatever box that you want to. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but I'm not taking a side because it's personal to me. Uh, and that's why I do it the way that I do it. Uh, best person for the job, that's who gets the vote. And I do the research on it myself. Nobody else is going to tell me how to think, how to act. And uh, it's just that personal to me. So there you have it. Uh, I also believe in limited government and personal freedom. And what that means from a personal freedom standpoint is I don't care how you live your life. Go live it. Do what you got to do. We only get to do this dance once. Go live your life. All I ask is that you don't bring harm to others. Don't push your values on me. I won't push mine on you. I'll respect you, but we'll still get along fabulously. Uh, but just live your life. Go do it and uh, enjoy and be safe, but just don't bring harm to others. Limited government really boils down to what Ronald Reagan said back in the 80s, where the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And if you want proof of that, ask the folks in East Palestine, Ohio, and Maui, Hawaii. I'm from the government, but I'm here to help. They're only there to help themselves. And there you have it. That's what I believe wholeheartedly from politics. You know, I grew up in a generation in the media where you really didn't, unless it was in your job description, nobody really knew what your party affiliation was. You know, you go back to when Jay Leno and David Letterman did the talk shows late at night, you never knew what party they were affiliated with, and it allowed them carte blanche to be equal opportunity offenders. You know, they could nail every party, every politician. Politicians were basically a punchline, and that's what they are to me. Politicians are a punchline to me. For an example, last week, Joe Biden came up with a brand new word, never uttered before, humming America, humming America. I'm thinking humming, 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 humming America. What the hell does that mean? Then it occurred to me, we haven't had an award, a word that exciting since Farfik Nugan in the 90s. Think about that. It's been 30 years since we've had a word that we could put on a t-shirt and have fun with. Humming America, humming America, humming, 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 humming America. But Farfuknugan, man, that became a fun word. It was done as an ad campaign for Volkswagen. Um, and it basically means driving pleasure in German. But Volkswagen did that, and everybody went nuts for this word Farfuknugan. First, what the hell is that? What's Farfuknugan? And everybody had to figure it out. Well, on the radio, we substituted F-bombs with Farfuknugan. Like, what the farfic nugan are you thinking about? And that's where it came. You know, you went out to nightclubs. Hey, you want to dance or would you rather farfic nugan? Well, you do that today, you're at, you're, you could be off 83, 84 million bucks, so you have to be careful. But that's what we did with farfic nugan. So I think, hum in America, hum in America. Put it on a t-shirt, put it on a hat. But that's what it is, a punchline. That's what politicians are to me. They are a punchline. So there, I got it off my chest. I hope you won't hold it against me. And if you do, uh, I hope you still come back and listen to the podcast. All right, that's it for this episode of the Radio Espionage Underground Podcast with Mark Elliott. Come back next Monday when my guest will not be Pat Mahomes. Be good to each other because it doesn't cost a damn thing to be nice to people. <laughs>